Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining today. Mike Benoy, Vice President of Marketing at Assure. Uh, and today, I think uh, it, this, is, this is a topic that, uh, while the topic, I think, resonates and has uh, action for probably everybody listening today, every small and mid-sized company uh, is, is dealing with uh, 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 their own talent struggles. Uh, if you're a restaurant, you might just be getting ha having a hard time getting people to even uh, ha have all of your uh, uh, tables open, right? If you're a retailer, you might be facing shrinking hours. Uh, uh, maybe you're a, a professional services business and you got the people, but you have the right people. Um, and uh, you know, the, as I think McKinsey coined the phrase almost 25 years ago, this war for talent. I think for a long time, that was really kind of the, oh, the muckety mucks in the, in the you know, Fortune 1000 thought about things like that. And I'd say maybe you know, 10 years ago, it became a mid-market problem. But uh, it, from my perspective, the war for talent has hit Main Street. Um, and, and it's showing up in the help wanted signs everywhere. So uh, uh, want to unpack this topic. And, and I think we've got a really, really cool uh, guest today. Scott Omalamic, he is the editor-in-chief uh, for Inc.com. Uh, so uh, what a fantastic publication, uh, tons of great content for small businesses and growing businesses. Uh, and so Scott comes at this topic uh, really from a, from a super unique vantage point about seeing uh, between the content they produce and the interviews that they have with entrepreneurs and growing companies, uh, kind of a front row seat to all the challenges that they face in and I think maybe some of the solutions as they talk to entrepreneurs about what's working, what's not working in, in recognizing America's fastest growing companies. So Scott, welcome. Uh, looking forward to our conversation today. Uh, thanks so much for having me. Uh, honor to be here, excited uh, to talk about um, what is an absolutely crucial topic for, for entrepreneurs everywhere and of every scale. Yeah. So, so what I think I want to do is I just want to kind of break the conversation into into a few big buckets here. Sure. Um, and so, as we think about how do we attract better talent, how do we attract the right talent? Uh, you know, topics of of compensation and recognition, uh, training, uh, flex work, uh, 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 time off. Uh, let's kind of touch on each of these buckets. And as interesting as that is, as you and I were chatting before uh, uh, this this meeting, um, I think we're all in the same storm, not the same boat, right? So uh, the some of these solutions that we're going to talk about might fit for one party, but not for another. Um, That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I think you know we one of the things get that gets lost in a larger conversation or the larger media conversation or the headline is that every company is is different. Every company has different needs. And of course, um, all of that, you know, drives or should drive decisions that are best for the company, not necessarily, you know, what the headline is um, in, in social media or what you see while well, you got CNBC on in the background scrolling a, a, across the bottom of the screen, right? Um, right? So I think that's an important caveat uh, for you to, 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 to offer because uh, we all do different things. That's right. That's right. So hopefully some of the topics we talk about will, uh, certainly the buckets, we're going to talk about this first one, uh, fair pay. Not only is there things to unpack here around how to attract and recruit in, in, in 
and hire the right people, the right talent. But these are also some really timely topics. Some of it is legislatively driven, but I'd say legislative, legislatively driven as a result of kind of a sea change in how, how uh, uh, I think there's a, a shifting in power, you know, from maybe from the corporation to the employee. And that looked one way when it was big companies who could flex muscle against uh, uh, the employee. Uh, but now small companies, entrepreneurs, they don't have the same wherewithal uh, to flex. And oh, by the way, with unemployment sub 3%, uh, with low participation rates in the labor force, uh, uh, how do I attract these people anyway? Can, can you speak into maybe some, some of your learnings, what you see at, at Inc around maybe best practices around fair, fair pay for attracting talent? Yeah, I, I think, you know, the first thing to think about is, is that um, <clears throat> there is legislation that exists that, you know, in, in many places that, that requires equitable pay for for equitable work right um and, and that's just one thing to keep in mind and 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 that legal uh, need might drive a lot of people but i'd urge folks to think about the fact that do you want employees talking among each other and that's what happens whether you uh, like it or not um and 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 one finding out they're compensated vastly different uh, than another for essentially the same role. Uh, and and of course, you know, when uh, issues of gender uh, or other demographic um, uh, considerations uh, are in play, that that even becomes more of a difficult thing. So, beyond uh, any of the stuff that that we might talk about at uh, some of the more progressive workplaces, uh, Inc. visits, we should think about. Um, you know, is everyone fairly paid? And and if not, and fairly paid relative to someone else at their position, fairly paid relative to someone else outside of the company in a similar position, because that's an opportunity for them to leave if 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 they're not. And so, and so I think we automatically, as owners and founders and entrepreneurs, we 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 have a a, a win at all costs mentality and a knee jerk zero sum, and that more money out the door. It's just more money out the door, and that's not always the case, right? So if we just start uh, with that, here here at Inc. and its parent company, Mansueto Ventures, we do uh, a pay equity audit. We're a mid-sized company. Smaller companies can't necessarily uh, afford to do that. But, you know, as the head of an organization, you can make an assessment of, of whether folks are 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 adequately compensated. Um, but then once, you know, moving beyond that, right, when we get to... To, to companies and, and how they may be more pro progressive, I think um, you know inflation has hurt everybody, and and uh, this is one of those places where you have to think about well what is my company relative to others? I know folks who run companies who have contracts that lock in their price at Walmart. If they want a bunch of folks who work for them want a raise, it becomes really hard because they don't have any leverage to raise. Price themselves at, at that moment. I knew a handful of founders who haven't taken a paycheck in the last year uh, because of that, because their team has team has demanded it. And frankly, without their team, they're, they're not. Right? Um, so, so uh, we have to be mindful that inflation is is, is real. It, it makes folks less satisfied overall. Um, and and 
one of the things we see entirely is, you know, the happier you can keep an employee, the more productive they'll be. So in our best workplaces uh, survey that we do, half of the companies involved uh, uh, in the survey or who were named uh, a best workplace, slightly more than half, actually offer stock options. Now, again, a bigger company opportunity, but that doesn't mean that there's something smaller companies can't do. Um, right. A, a uh, bonus that's not tie, not end of year, right? We, there, 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 there's a lot of evidence to suggest that end of year bonuses don't work very well. And it's because the the reward is so disconnected from the effort, right? So I put an effort in all year long, and and three months after the year is over, I, I I get this paycheck. That doesn't mean a lot to me, but maybe a quarterly one does. Maybe spot bonuses do. Maybe you know the opportunity to, and it doesn't have to be a lot. Because another thing we found is that money, uh, which in our minds might add up to something, doesn't necessarily mean something for an employee it's more about the recognition often right so it doesn't even have to be a lot of money but um, one of the uh, uh, best workplace companies we have a company called Stella Rising which is a marketing firm they <clears throat> they offer uh, happiness allowances they give people $500 to spend uh, however they want that is kind of creative. Um, it, it doesn't uh, put you in the place of, of you know, the four, as you mentioned, the Fortune 1000, where you don't you don't have the leverage of a large organization and 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 the ability to 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 leverage, uh, you know, discounts on plans and and and, and reciprocal agreements with organizations outside of yours and other things like that. Um, so it's a different approach. Uh, to how you can think about compensation, not pay. And when you get to the fair part of it, it really comes down to do people feel like they're being treated fairly for what they're doing? And that doesn't always mean the most money there is. Yeah, Scott, that, that's, that's a really cool idea because um... – you know, so, so a lot of the, a lot of our weekly shows are focused on very compliance-oriented topics, and you know, Fair Labor Standards Act has is one way to think about fair pay. Uh, but, but in today, this context, it's about attracting talent and retaining talent, and making it, this is more of do they feel, does the employee feel that this is fair, not by some necessarily legal standard, right? And so, uh, we we just know uh, if I was to give you a hundred dollars. $100 bill in a in a meeting saying, hey, Scott, you did an amazing job on that project. I just want to say thanks and hand you a $100 bill. Compare that versus an extra $100 in a line item on your pay stub. Um, right. There's no question which has the bigger impact. So part of, I think part of the message here is for employers and entrepreneurs to get creative in the way in which you dis distribute the pay, right? Take, take however you're what, – like you said in your in your example with Walmart, get their the their mail the pie may only slice may only be so big of dollars there are available to give. You might have to get creative in how you divvy that slice of pie up. Uh, absolutely, and and you know that can, that can be in a lot of, of of different ways, and and there and there can be barter opportunities or 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 mass purchase opportunities, right? So you know you might negotiate a discount with a company, um, a company we know called Era Software, which is in the data management space. Um, they they uh, make new employees, uh, they make 
$3,000 worth of office furniture available to them for the home, right? And, and because it's a software company, there's a lot of remote work that, that that's possible. They've calculated uh, that that $3,000, which doesn't really cost them $3,000 because they're doing a deal with, with a provider company, uh, so they get something of a discount uh, off retail. Um, they, they've calculated that, you know, that 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 money that allows someone to set up a nice home office actually creates an environment in which people are more productive, right? So, so there's a sort of a sideways spend that feels like you're being compensated if you're the employee, but that that results in in a lot of extra uh, productivity um, or potentially, right? It potentially does for this software company. Again, not going to apply to a landscaper, but but it but it works it works for for you know a software company of any scale, frankly. So it was interesting. You, you talked about productivity. I think about this a lot where um, there are some jobs that uh, maybe it's a retail clerk. There's X number of customers that come in the door. The person can only be so productive no matter how awesome they might be. Uh, and therefore, that might have to calculate into some of, of your compensation strategies. But there are some jobs where somebody who's 10 percent more more effective, more talented, they might be five times more productive, right? I mean, it's the Pareto principle, you know, 20% of the work, 80% uh, of the work done by 20% of the people. Um, what, what are your thoughts on not just being fair, but being, uh, dare I say, wildly generous in your compensation, but along with that comes an expectation of much higher productivity? Yeah, I, I think, you know, so, uh, this is a very valid idea. I, I think we have to step back and and see individuals in this case and uh, what the last couple of years uh, ha has has done to them, right? And so we see a lot of people who who are not working traditionally anymore. We see a lot of healthcare and, and childcare issues that have affected people. And so not everyone is going to be able to actually work at maximum productivity, frankly. Um, but for those folks who can, and, and and by the way, we have to, you know, I think by and large, if we find that employee valuable, we have to give them leash, right? We have to, to, to let them work at the level of productivity that allows them to sustain themselves until the environment we're in changes and 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 hopefully that will will one day happen um right but 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 in in the short term yeah there are other ways of of compensating we see a lot of companies uh that engage as i said in in sort of the you know a stock option uh and and that can be modest, right? But it can be key to to productivity. We we can see or allow people, and we see this a lot, uh, to get X number of work product done in whatever time frame they need to get it done, as long as it meets the company's larger goals. Um, and again, yeah. that doesn't work in retail, for example. But 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 asynchronous work that will work for right where where when i do my job really doesn't matter ultimately if i do it at midnight or at noon it doesn't matter as long as i'm done by friday you know this is this is something i had a son who was in montessori school this is something they learned as as as, as four-year-olds right like manage their time as long as they got the project done when they were told they would need it to be done um so we as adults certainly can do this so i i think um, I think there is that opportunity um, to to let folks 
be adults, to know the ones who are invested. And, and, and as a manager, it, re, it does require extra effort, right? We need to pay more attention to our people. It doesn't mean spying on them. It doesn't mean installing spyware on their keyboards or anything like that necessarily. But it does mean uh, you know, paying more attention to them as people and how they function and what works for them and what doesn't. And do they have to worry about a, a sick uh, parent or do they have uh, childcare issues or are they, they offline entirely because everyone in the house has COVID and they have to take care of, of everybody. I have a friend who's a CEO of about a hundred million dollar technology company. The guy's done really, really, really well. Bootstrap started the whole thing. It's gone from, from zero to hundred. Um, and now, like I say, you can't do that as a landscaping company. You can't do that uh, in retail, but uh, as a technology firm, it doesn't matter where his people perform the work or when they even perform it in many, many cases. Um, he says, uh, hey, we're going to pay X amount for an engineer. I don't care where you are. So he yeah. doesn't treat. And so he has the very, very best, the 1% of the 1% of talent from around the world that in some countries, he might be exorbitantly overpaying, but he just wants to send the message, hey, this is how much an engineer is worth to our company. And maybe if you live in Silicon Valley, maybe that's just average. Maybe if you live uh, someplace on the other side of the globe or in a different hemisphere, uh, you could be rich beyond your wildest dreams, but uh, it creates this feeling of equity and value. Uh, and, and it's not just the skill level. People people are passionate behind the brand and the mission and, 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 and the productivity is, that he gets is insane, right? So it's not, hey, I'm gonna pay you more, I'm gonna press the thumb down on you harder. It's, this is our strategy and just being really transparent about what that is. Uh, you know, lots of different ways to approach this fair pay, pay issue. Uh, you, you said something that I think is also often overlooked that is is, is really important and that is mission, right? And, and it is remarkable throughout history, what people have done, not for pay, but for passion and cause, right? And and the fact is that if you can uh, find <clears throat> the mission for your company and show your team how it matters and how what they do matters to someone out there who's relying on them, um, you'll get enormous productivity uh, out of people without any extra pay. Here at Inc., where our whole mission is to support the American entrepreneur, when when I talk to my team about going out and meeting someone and what an impact a story we've written about someone has had on that company or ha naming them to the Inc. 5000 list of fastest growing companies, what that is unlocked for them, and then I come back and I tell folks uh, that story. Um, it, it, it's, it's far more energizing than a few extra dollars in, in, in the check, right? In the direct deposit. Um, so if you can find your own version of, of what the mission is, for us, it's to support the people who are creating uh, the future. I previously worked at a brand, uh, ran a brand called This Old House Ventures, which is the parent company of the television show, This Old House, which has been on television for 40 some odd years now. The recognition there is that what we were doing was helping people create safe spaces uh, for their families, right? Like that was our mission. 
when you started to think about that and what that really meant, what it means to have a safe space for your family, not to do a fancy remodel, which is what you'd think if you just like glossed it, you know, had a gloss of the brand, but, but really like what, what, what at the core we did was um, uh, that, that, that changes things. You know, I talked to someone a couple of weeks ago uh, that runs a staffing firm. And, you know, at first when we had this conversation, he's like, I, I, run a staffing firm. I put bodies in seats. And then we started to talk about it. And he came around to this understanding that he was giving uh, people opportunity and helping companies be their best, right? And suddenly, through that lens, um, it's a very different conversation and, a, and an exciting one. And, and it has nothing to do with money. And, and that's great, right? It's a form of compensation that has nothing to do with money. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll double down on that. I, I think mission and vision can be so overlooked. Um, we, you know, if you're older than a certain age, you remember in the malls, the accessories stores where they had the posters of all the inspirational quotes with eagles soaring and, you know, people shaking hands saying the customer is our number one priority. Meanwhile, the clerk doesn't make eye contact with you. They're <laughs> on, the, on their cell phone, right? It's like, they don't, if you're not living out those values, they, they, they mean nothing. But if you really dig deep and declare your mission and your vision and your values, more, much more importantly, if you live them out, if you act them out, you're going to draw the right kind of people in because, you know, what a little Maslow's Law or something, eventually the money doesn't matter as much. There's obviously a baseline. I need to feed my family component. I want to feel that I'm fairly compensated in the marketplace. But after a while, it's... What am I doing? What am I? What 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 am I? What am I getting behind? What am I part of? That Absolutely. is sometimes more important. I have been very unhappy in in highly compensated jobs, and I would say I've been incredibly happy working as a professor, uh, which, unless you're tenure track, does not pay very much at all, right? Um, but the reward is astonishing. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So the reward is astonishing. What a perfect segue. Uh, and these two things are not unrelated, right? Uh, fair pay uh, with feeling appreciated. So you, you, you get to look at a lot of companies in, in your in your seat. What, what are the best and fastest growing companies doing to feel appreciated to make their employees? I, I think I, I think this is really important and, and, and is is the equivalent to pay. And it's different for everybody, right? How do you make someone uh, feel appreciated? Uh, a very personal example at the start of the pandemic, uh, we vowed here not to 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 lay anyone off. That we we thought that it it was uh, inhuman to disconnect people from from their healthcare at a time uh, where we didn't know what was happening. Um, about nine months later, uh, and, and, and by the way, then we bonus to everyone. About n nine months later, um, we were served papers of an intention to unionize uh, the employees. That felt like a personal slight, right? Um, uh, but the simple fact of the matter is there were lots of ways that the team did not feel uh, appreciated beyond the the obvious, and so there 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 are lots of ways to do that. But the, probably the the most important one is paying attention to your people, and and that that can happen in a bunch of different ways, right? Uh, 
our CEO has her cell phone number on the bottom of all her uh, staff communications. And people just know that if they really have a problem, they can reach out to her directly. That means something to folks. Uh, right. Companies uh, that we've seen in, in, in the best workplaces will have regularly scheduled uh, meetings for, for, for staff uh, with, say, the head of HR. Um, and and it's, 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 it's a conversation around, you know, how can we help you be better at your job? How can we improve as an organization? Not all the ideas are going to be valid. Not all of the conversations are going to have forward momentum. But the fact is someone's had the opportunity uh, to talk about it, and that changes uh, the dynamic uh, radically. Um, other, other folks uh, we see doing uh, stay interviews. Um, so not, 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 you know, it's a traditional practice at companies of a certain size, the HR department does an exit interview. Well, it's, you know, when we stop to think about it, well, that's kind of too late, isn't it? Though that the, the horse, maybe that thoroughbred is already out of the barn door, right? So, so doesn't it make more sense to have regular and ongoing, uh, interviews with folks uh, while they're still employed? And the answer is yes. I, you Can know, you go deeper uh, on that one? Because this is a super cool concept, um, the, the stay interview. You, you, have, you have some some suggestions around best practices, uh, different ways the, that entrepreneurs could conduct these stay interviews. Is it truly as simple as, hey, I love you. I think you're great. I want to make sure I never lose you. What's really important to you that, that we need to do more of what do we do that bothers you we need to do less of? Is it that simple? I, I think it can be that simple. Obviously, you know, if you're if if you're you're you have a, a good EQ, good emotional uh, intelligence, just you know, the questions based on the person, based on their level. Uh, again, you know, at a certain size, this becomes impossible for for you know a, a single founder uh, to do, and and a group of people have to do this. But recognition is important. It's one of the reasons, right, that social media, which has somewhat fed uh, the employment uh, situation uh, we're in, um, uh, uh, exists because people want to be recognized. And and so I, I think it's incredibly important to sit down and, and, and make sure, uh, and this is particularly true of, of younger generation of people, where, where they have uh, an expectation that you will help set them on a career track and help advance them uh, each step of the way. Um, and, and, and having those regular check-ins can help enormously. I talked to a, a, a founder who um, in, in Los Angeles who created a whole bunch of intermediate titles uh, relative to what he used to have at his company. So you went from, you know, used to go from you know, uh, associate to senior or assistant to senior, whatever it was, but now there's a, a junior and an associate in between. And, and, it, and, and uh, pay doesn't necessarily change that much. Responsibilities don't necessarily change that much, but folks feel like they're making more progress and that that matters to them right uh, uh, because the world is moving so fast to sit in the same job for uh, 18 months or two years seems uh, like a career death knell right now now you know 
that, that was not the case for me, where I was completely content when I was young to have a job uh, that was the same for two years, but that, that does exist now. The flip side of all of this is that sometimes you're just not going to be able to keep people you want, and and there's nothing you can do about it. So I have in the last year received resignation letters um, that frankly uh, I you know printed out off the email and saved because they were so generous toward me, um, and and what I had done for someone say. Uh, when their family was sick or or when they were without electricity for a week and we paid for a hotel that had air conditioning in the middle of, of, of the summer so they could get their work done rather than just perspire and be angry, right? Um, those people needed to leave. It had nothing to do with, we could not have offered them anything else and, and, and that's okay. And, and to allow that exit graciously is sort of another form of 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 good management, uh, good appreciation, and even good compensation, because th that person, having had a good experience with you, being allowed to go gracefully uh, with with a cocktail party or whatever you want to do for them, but not right. with anger, um, makes them uh, a, a marketer for the company. Essentially, they'll be someone who is comfortable recommending friends to you. They may want to come back one day. And if they're right. valuable, that, that that would be something to consider, right? So so even though you can't keep everybody, you know, and again, I said, someone wrote me a note and said, I'll never forget what you did for me and my family. And, you know, so for me, uh, that was a remarkable uh, reward, frankly. Um, sometimes, and sometimes when you're the entrepreneur, you're the boss, uh, it can be lonely, right? And you can be... Uh, unwittingly detached from what really goes on in the, in the water cooler conversations, how you treat that person on the way out the door, don't think for a second that they don't have friends inside the, the organization that they're going to, they're going to share their experience with. And that this is going to, how you treat that person is going to help retain the rest or could accelerate the depart, departure of the rest. Right? Absolutely. Um, and you know, you do, you do bring up a, a great point with, with respect to the fact that, entrepreneurship, uh, being the boss, being a founder, it can be an incredibly lonely thing. I, I often talk about how, you know, you, 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 if you have investors, you, you can't share with them how you're feeling because you might create a confidence crisis. Your spouse may have no idea what you're talking about. You can't share your weaknesses, you know, all of them anyway with your team, though some vulnerability uh, is seen as, as, as very beneficial. Um, so, so uh, it is one of the reasons, frankly, Inc. events are so successful because it's one of the only times entrepreneurs get to talk to other entrepreneurs, the people who who understand them. But all of this together, uh, you know, sort of ignores the fact that the same toll that employees are, are are facing is visited on the person who runs the shop too, and and so. Uh, I, I would suggest that founders find their own ways of feeling appreciated, their own ways of compensating themselves, their own self-care, um, because it's incredibly difficult. You're on all the time. There's no backup often. You're the last line of defense. Uh, that can be exhausting. It can be mentally draining. We can take that uh, Right. out on the people we care about in ways we don't even understand. Um, that's one of the fascinating things about entrepreneurship is, is, is how much 
psychology is involved in it. So it's really important, I think, for, for founders to remember to take care of themselves, even as they're taking care of everyone else. Yeah, well, well said. Let's talk about another topic. Uh, today's employee, um, they, they want to grow, right? Today's employee doesn't see themselves uh, signing up for a 30-year commitment to uh, the company store, so to speak. They know that they're valuable. They know that uh, what the job market's like. They know that they can move around. Uh, they want to do different things in a career. Um, therefore, they want to choose steps in that path where they grow and they get better. And if that means they can grow with you, great. But uh, they they just want to grow. Can you can you talk about this whole topic of training and and maybe what you've seen change? and say this last five years, and I'm really curious for your thoughts on how technology has impacted that, you know, given a pandemic. Yeah, I, I think there's no question, you're right, this is sort of the equivalent of the career path piece we just just talked about, um, giving people access to training. Um, and and I think they're, they're, this sort of splits into two, two different things. One is, is, is training so they can do their job more effectively, and, and, and there's a obvious payback uh, for you uh, when that's the case. And, you know, whether that's, you know, uh, sales training or training on software uh, or, or things like that, that, that's incredibly helpful. I think there's another opportunity with training, and that's a, a little bit uh, broader and might, you know, more traditionally fall under sort of tuition reimbursement or, 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 or something like that. But you talk about how people don't see themselves in one role for a very long time. And, and in fact, you know, we hire, generally speaking, uh, not people, but bodies to fill a slot. And the fact is people are multidimensional. The slot might not be. And, and, and by giving people more access uh, to more opportunities to learn, uh, to, 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 uh, master a, a new skill um, to to sort of just broaden uh, even their horizons. All of those things have a payback effect uh, in in the job. You might discover, and this is one of my personal favorite things uh, to do, is is what other talents and skills your team has outside of the reason you hired them. So just a, you know, a, a really quick example. And again, that had that sort of non-compensation uh, payoff. We were, we were creating a new television show in, in my former job. And it, it turned out that uh, the person who was our, our uh, content uh, marketing person um, was a musician. And, and a composer, and had written all sorts of music. Um, the opportunity to give that person uh, credit on screen for a composition they wrote and performed on a television show with the minimum payment that required um, was worth so much more to that individual than anything we could have ever paid them for their content marketing job, yeah. right? That was their hobby. Their hobby was being recognized in a very uh, different way. So I think as we think about training, you know, um, 
there, there, there's the specifics of doing a job better, and that is in your best interest, and you should look to provide as much of that as you can possibly afford. I, I would say technology, as, as you mentioned, has, has made that easier. Um, people don't have to go off for the day to an offsite, to some, some windowless room somewhere uh, where, where, where someone who's an instructor teaches them how to do something. There's lots of opportunity uh, with various technology products to, to, to create learning uh, that people have access to, again, when they have access to need to have access to it, um, that they can finish at their own pace um, and provides them uh, a way to, to level up in, in the role. Um, I, I think it was, you know, uh, uh, Richard Branson, you know, said train people uh, well enough uh, so that they can leave and take any job they want, but then also uh, treat them well enough that they don't want to go anywhere. I think, you know, that's not a, you know, that seemed to have worked out well for him as a philosophy. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I hate to, to to say it, but I, I've I've literally talked to entrepreneurs, and in, in, in God bless, they every entrepreneur they, they work their face off, right? So they're an expert in their field. They might not be expert in payroll and HR and compliance. Uh, that's why they work with, with folks like us. But um, I, I've talked to people literally afraid of, well, if I if I train them how to do that, this, then I'm just going to train them how to how to leave, and. Uh, uh, I think they didn't realize they were they were literally accelerating the exit for these employees because they were they were starving for this development right yeah. in um, going back to our prior two topics of recognition and fair pay all these things are intertwined right um, in you know people young in, the, in their career do free internships all the time right because they they are developing the skills they know it's going to help them in the long run. I'm not suggesting in any way you don't have to pay people fairly, but you don't have to give a raise, or you might it might it might not cost as much as you think to provide the training as long as you're doing the other things, including recognition, and they see themselves as a, a place that they're behind the mission, they're growing and they're developing. Um, the, the, these are all totally totally intertwined. I would say couldn't agree more on the Richard Branson quote. Uh, if you're not developing your people, someone else is going to. That's right. And, and you know, as entrepreneurs, we have growth mindset to a large extent. Um, uh, but sometimes it gets shut off at a certain place, right? And suddenly we decide we can't see that there's an ROI on training, for example, when in fact um, uh, there is, you know, that training, uh, can help take you to the level you're at, which makes you nervous about spending on it, to the next level, and may may have made that training seem like a silly little investment in the end, right? That uh, I'm so grateful I'd done that because we're, we're we've now you know uh, in, increased our productivity by 20% and our 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 top line by 20% or what have you, um, and and it's just something to think about because we do sort of get lock in at a moment, right? There's always, I, I do this myself. I just had a conversation with someone. Do we really have to pay them that much to do this job for us? And, and, and of course, yeah, we do. My people wouldn't have come to me without it uh, if, if that weren't the case. And, and by not 
by not fighting over those few dollars, uh, we created a lot of goodwill. It's, by the way, just really quickly, a, 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 another uh, thing we often do here um, is we'll have a start date for somebody uh, that just seems to make sense with the calendar. Um, and, and then often uh, not have them officially start, uh, you know, for a week, uh, and and so essentially it's a it's a it's a it's a paycheck, and in that time there's some onboarding and stuff like that, ultimately. So it's not just money out the door, but again, it creates a buffer for folks, creates a little goodwill, um, and and it lets them know that this is not just a transaction, uh, uh, but something more more valuable than that. That's interesting, uh, Scott. I'm looking at the clock. I got a couple more topics that we should get through. Sure. I could stay on that one forever. Um, uh, I, I think training is perhaps one of the most underrated, undervalued things that entrepreneurs need to do more of. So uh, talk to us about time off. The, the, boy, the, 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 the climate has changed a whole bunch uh, and just accelerated by a pandemic, right? So help entrepreneurs think, how should they be thinking about time off for employees and how to manage that? I think uh, I think time off uh, is incredibly important, right? Um, I, I think Americans do an awful job uh, at taking their time off, even the time that is allotted to them. So if you work at a company that affords you a week or two weeks or four weeks of vacation, most people take less than half of what they're in, entitled uh, to. Um, but the fact is that that time away um, is a recharge for folks. And, and so uh, we see companies now doing things. If you've put all of these other pieces into place, the mission, uh, the passion, the fair compensation, the conversations, um, uh, things like unlimited paid time off are, are an opportunity. Again, people know what the work product they need to deliver is, and that's what you're compensating right you're not compensating them for sitting in a chair for seven and a half or eight hours or whatever it is a day for five days a week you're competent so it's a mind shift uh for us too on, on how are we compensating are we yes we're paying someone by the hour but really that's just an efficient way of calculating how long this job will will take we're paying for the the job and so if they get the job done it doesn't matter if they take two days off at the end of that week um, they got the job done. Uh, the overhead still the overhead. Um, let them right. go. It's okay, right? Um, and and we see. I think there's something like uh, almost two thirds of the companies in our best workplaces list. Um, and out of the thousands of companies that apply, by the way, we take just the top 10% make the best workplaces list. I think two thirds of the companies uh, offer unlimited paid time off. I think uh, something like almost 90% of the companies now have paternity leave, not just maternity uh, leave. Um, uh, and, and, and folks are extending that as well. Um, we see companies uh, giving time off to do community service. Um, we know that uh, some form of social responsibility really matters to uh, uh, consumers. Uh, we know it matters to employees too. And giving them a day to go and do uh, a service project 
is a great thing. We also know, and plenty of research to back it up, that that you know doing volunteer work uh, it actually makes people feel better about themselves relative to almost anything else. Um, so that that's a win for the person individually, and they bring that attitude uh, back to the office. Um, I love that so much because even Scott. So sometimes it's easy to say, hey, uh, you know, uh, our mission. Uh, is we're, we're building X, but we're really here to change lives and, and get behind something inspirational. Sometimes it's just hard to come up with. You're in a mature industry uh, that's been commoditized, um, and, and it feels almost uh, uh, insincere and shallow to say a, a mission statement that's too aspirational. There's nothing wrong with saying, hey, part of our value system at this company, we might be in a commodity business, but we give back to the community, and that's why X percent of our time is dedicated to, uh, for PTO for uh, a charity of your choice, or we get we we go to the food bank, or whatever the case may be. You can you can really impact mission alignment of the company doing something that has nothing to do with your kind of core mission. Uh, absolutely, and 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 it, frankly, it's only all the more important in a commodity business, right? Where if price isn't the issue, what is it that makes someone want to do business with you? Find that thing, right? Um, and 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 that that you know, frankly, that allows you to survive uh, when when things tank. Um, it allows you to survive when consumer behavior changes. Um, having uh, that differentiator especially in a commodity business is important and spending time on what that is 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 worthwhile i think uh, because you're right it, it does make a difference in the end and yeah, I, by the way you know there there are other other kinds of 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 time too right so giving people the tools to work more efficiently gives them more time uh, you know helping them i i actually just offered uh, a colleague of, of mine, um, uh, time with a productivity coach, who's an incredibly talented person, uh, incredibly dedicated, utterly on the way to burnout because they just uh, uh, don't know how to uh, compartmentalize and take time for themselves, right? Um, yeah. So there are other ways to think about time as well. It just doesn't have to be time out of, out of the office. Entrepreneurship, uh, in many ways is, is a bit of a race. It's, it, it, the, the metaphors to athletics uh, are, are pretty clear sometimes. In, in all sports, they have a break. Basketball, football, there's a halftime where they literally go in and they rest, right? Because not even the best trained athletes in the world, the most gifted athletes in the world can run at 100% for an hour straight. They can't do it, right? So if, if you're a marathoner, you have to have a pace. If you're a sprinter, you do it in short bursts and you rest in between. And I think we have to have that same same mentality at work. Yeah, I mean, there there was Will Chamberlain, but there hasn't been Will Chamberlain since Will Chamberlain, right? <laughs> Who actually played more minutes on average than were in a game because of overtime. Um, but you're absolutely right. It, it, it There's another aspect really quickly though of entrepreneurship too. So not only is it a race, and this to me is, is, is one of the positives, is that uh, you are an entrepreneur because you are a creative person. You, you, you had an idea, 
you figured out how to get that idea off the ground. You figured out how to convince people your idea was valuable. You figured out how to price for that. You figured out how to get other people aligned with you to execute on that idea. You're a very creative person. This is just one more way you have to access your creativity. Everything we've talked about today is just one more, uh, uh, you know, a way of executing one of the fundamentals you already have. Um, and, and so I'm optimistic for everybody who's a successful entrepreneur that this is this is just another thing to crack and your creativity will help you crack it. Yeah, yeah, agree. Uh, let's talk about flexible schedule. So we've done a lot of content, uh, blogs, uh, eBooks, white papers, uh, videos, lots of, uh, uh, webcast like this, uh, talking about this subject. From your perspective, you, you get to see the most successful, the fastest growing, the best places to work, uh, 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 small and mid-sized companies. What, what are you seeing for the, the best in class when it comes to flexible schedules in, in location? As possible, right? That's the answer, as possible. Mm -hmm. Mindful of the fact that not all businesses uh, are the same. Um, you know, my spouse is a gynecologist. She can't do what she does from a remote location, right? Um, a, a server at a restaurant can't do that job from a remote location. Um, uh, and in fact, different jobs uh, in different departments within a com company will have different requirements. But we do see where it's possible, flexible schedule, asynchronous work hours, using tools and technology that let you work together while apart um, are valuable to a lot of people. There are gonna be folks who wanna be in a city and wanna come to the office. I like being in the office. I don't, I don't like having my home be my office. I like the separation of the two. Other people aren't 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 that way. Other people are earlier in in the arc of their career and and their lives, frankly, where moving around the globe might be the most interesting thing to them. Uh, and if they're allowed to do that, they're a willing and very dedicated employee. It, it can work. We are in the process right now of telling the story of a, an American company that had probably three quarters of its uh, employees in, in Ukraine. Um, and when the war started, obviously most of them uh, left the country. They now have uh, offices, uh, or not offices, they have employees, I should say, all over the globe staying in different places. They're still making it work. They still made the Inc. 5000 uh, despite that. So it's possible. People, uh, have an expectation suddenly, and again, this is just the work-life balance or imbalance, the idea that uh, I have to follow my bliss even as I have to make a paycheck, um, and my willingness as an employer to uh, give them the uh, bandwidth to do both of those things that ultimately pays off for me. Again, not everyone can do that. You're on a production line and a quality assurance manager, you've gotta be there. But if you're on the marketing team, maybe you don't need to be. If you're on the software team, maybe you don't need to be. And so you have to look at each department you have, what your industry is, what your responsibilities are, and then make the decisions on a case-by-case -case, uh, basis, frankly. That's how uh, I would think about uh, the remote work uh, movement. 
Yeah, it, we, so we've done studies on this where uh, you look at uh, employee engagement and uh, uh, it, it, the, 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 if, you, if you have on one end full-time work only, uh, if you work in the office only, another one is work from home only, they're about the same level of employee engagement. The highest level of employment engagement is the, in the middle where there's flexibility. In the, in the, in, basically, the more choices the employees have, the more they're engaged. Right? That's right. And, and, you know, by the way, that, that could be freedom at a workplace too, right? Not monitoring someone every minute, letting them come and go as they need to, uh, not being worried that they're at a doctor's appointment in the middle of the afternoon or picking up a child early because they ha they had to. I think flexibility is the most important thing uh, in the schedule and location uh, equation. Uh, there's 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 uh, it's the only right answer, frankly, now. Uh, and, and the data backs all that up. This is not just a dichotomy of work from home versus work from the office. The, the word is flexibility, and it's all of it. It's it's uh, the hours you work. It's, hey, I mean, during a pandemic, I might have had loved ones that I, I couldn't, maybe I was quarantined, I couldn't leave, but there's still aspects of my job I could have done remotely. Maybe it's uh, not COVID-related, but I've, uh, I just have other responsibilities in, in this crazy world we're living in right now that uh, I can still put in my 40 hours a week, my 30 hours a week, whatever it is. It just has to be at different times. I can still come in, right? So uh, right. there's lots of solutions. And, and, and by, the, by the way, as you pointed out, like some, some of these accommodations we need to make because of how upside down the world is right now, not just because it's the employee, right? So I, 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 I lost my heat and hot water in the middle of winter. I went for a week without it. Uh, because we couldn't get anyone to come but you know uh when when we finally did everyone here damn knew well <laughs> was going to be home that day right uh there are companies by the way who who uh have a, a benefit of a of a handyman for, for the staff to access or a personal assistant for the staff to access because we realize now suddenly the world is so much more uh, complicated than it was just two years ago and right. and uh, that 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 employee who can help the empl other employee, uh, you know, suddenly pays itself. I don't have to be home for the heat and hot water guy if the company has a handyman to do it for me. Right, amazing. Right. The the if I had to summarize here, because I know we're at time, uh, the way em employers entrepreneurs should be thinking about uh, whether it's fair compensation uh, recognition training, time off, flexibility of schedules and location. I think the word is creativity. And I think you hit the nail on the head, Scott. Um, most entrepreneurs are creatives. They're they're creating something from nothing. And, and I think we need to apply that same level of creativity for how we how we treat employees, how we align them to missions, how how we we uh, recognize them, pay them, uh, develop them. Uh, and give them as many options as possible. Is there anything you'd want to say in closing? Yeah, I, I, other than to agree with your agreement. <laughs> no, you know, there was a time when an MBA might have seemed like the most valuable uh, business degree. Nowadays, it feels like it's a certified social worker's degree that might be more valuable. But ultimately, really what it is, is, is about, uh, you know, uh, doing what you do best uh, and, and part of that is that creativity and then acknowledging the human in, in everything else, right? And that, 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 that 
people are just people. Sure, there are going to be those who take advantage of you, just as there are going to be those who give you that extra effort. Um, and and that that's part of it. But in all of it, we've just got to acknowledge that we're 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 working with and for and among uh, people. They're unpredictable. Um, but ultimately, the best success with unpredictability is is to have the creative solution when you need it. And that is exactly uh, what uh, every entrepreneur I've ever met has had. Yeah, very good. Scott, in closing, anything you'd want to say about you or your role at Inc. and how you help uh, growing companies? I just would say that, you know, Inc. is here to support uh, American small business and the American entrepreneur. And we've got a bunch of programs that recognize them, like fast growth programs, like companies that recognize uh, that that sort of social responsibility that companies do beyond the profit, the best workplaces that, that we have. But ultimately, our, our greatest asset is is our audience, which is 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 uh, is entrepreneurs, and and which uh, we love nothing more than getting uh, together, however we can, whether that's through a story, or or an, at an event. So if you get the opportunity to engage with Inc, I'd I'd encourage it because I guarantee you um, there'll be uh, some piece of learning you'll uh, walk away from, some bit of inspiration, some other founder uh, will have given you. Um, uh, some other goal that you'll see someone pursuing uh, that will drive you forward uh, and in a really virtuous uh, circle. And I can I can vouch for that. Uh, I grew up in an entrepreneurial home and I've been involved in businesses. I was a founder in a business that uh, got a couple of your awards and I plugged into that network and it's it's impressive and value add indeed. So Scott, I thank you so much for joining us today. And for everyone else, if uh, if you need help, these are complex issues in uh, if you're an entrepreneur, you're probably an expert in what you do, um, but it's not uh, intuitive uh, to know what is legal in the eyes of the law when it comes to uh, the Fair Labor Standards Act and overtime rules and uh, uh, local tax laws. Uh, this is this is this is complex stuff, and we're here to help in a fractional way that doesn't require you to hire a full-time. Uh, SHRM certified uh, HR professional. So if there's any way we can help, we'd love to, to to do so. Otherwise, until next week's show, Scott, thanks for joining me today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And thanks to everyone for joining. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks.